0: There's people who good genetics with good genetics who are giving up, but because I, I have average genetics and I tried and I pushed it for a year and I believe it, so I'm winning championships.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 161 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly dose of entertainment, education and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Last week with Ingrid and Coach Mark, we learned that motivation and inspiration are not the same thing. You've got to motivate yourself and we're keeping you inspired here the best we know how. Hyro Chang is back for round three to inspire natural bodybuilders and answer your questions concerning all things natural bodybuilding, as we are officially less than five weeks out from the open natural bodybuilding competition. Hyro is a professional natural bodybuilder himself, judge, and show promoter. In our first two episodes together, which is 121 and 153, we covered the basics of drug testing, identifying shows. And all about Hiro's career, so if you haven't heard those yet, that's a great place to start. Solomon was never a bodybuilder, but he did write in the book of Proverbs some wisdom that's empowering our workouts here at Superset. That is, take away the dross from the silver and the smith has material for a vessel. Proverbs 25, 4. While Solomon was teaching of wise choices versus poor choices, this analogy makes me think of contest prep. We have to cut the fat in this sport to show what we're really made of. And there's no better man to discuss contest prep than Hiro Chang. He cares about the athletes. He's passionate about bodybuilding, and he's giving back to the industry on a level that I hope to do myself someday. Hiro, welcome
0: back to the show. Hey, thank you, Cole, for having me back here. Very happy to be here.
1: Thank you, thank you very much, as always, and uh, loving your background too. By the way, that's a lot of trophies back
0: there. Ooh. Oh yeah, 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 and we can't wait to give those out. Yeah, we're uh, we have some really cool ones uh, by Neil Sanderson. Um which I'm sure you're familiar with is this uh, sculpture from um, Arizona. and we're particularly excited about the ones for female bodybuilders because I copies nice. that I never saw before for open bodybuilding right on and the and the bells too.
1: we'll get into all that. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, what got you into the sport of bodybuilding in the first place as a competitor
0: uh, that, that that that's a good one. I think uh. You know what, the initial motivation, uh, I found like the reasons for us to work out, to go to the gym, they may change over time. So the reason why I work out uh, now is not necessarily the same reason why I started back when I was 14 years old. Um, so speaking with other friends, I found that a lot of us that take it to a competitive level, we have the same, sort of the same background. Uh, which is the seek of some sort of like seeking an identity. Like you're, you know, when you're a teenager, you're looking, you're trying to find who you want to be uh, or who you want to be like. Um, and I found that a lot of bodybuilders and reading also um, Arnold's book and, and many other bodybuilders, a lot of us have, uh, this is like a psychological thing, some sort of like father issues, like some sort of like 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 dark or missing or something going on. Uh, with our father. So we look Uh uh, into bodybuilding for kind of like seeking that identity. Uh, My personal story is is not nothing too dramatic. It's just that my dad, he was a small business owner and his his office uh, was three hours away from our home. So I would usually see my dad only on weekends. So he was a good dad and all, but he wasn't physically there that much. And I had Mm -hmm. two sisters. Uh, So I grew up mostly with my mom and at some point with an uncle who moved in uh, so I, so ironic,
1: so so we're recording this right after Father's Day too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all positive. It is it, yeah. going a Cause, cause then, uh, yeah, in a positive direction, because because then especially because yeah, bodybuilding, putting a positive a positive part, and again, um uh, my dad was good, but but growing up with my mom and two sisters, I was looking for like identity. Like I felt like I was different, you know. Like uh, when I was growing ready for school, my mom was, oh, do you get your do you get your blouse ready? I'm like, what? You mean your, you mean your shirt? Yeah, like I'm a boy, mom. I'm, I'm going <laughs> in this direction. I'm hanging out with friends. And um, you're you're much younger than me, but I don't know how much of the '80s you got. But I grew up in the '80s, so my, I guess you could say my figure. I was bombarded with a lot of the, the Rocky and Rambo movies, and and Jean Claude and Dan and Commando Predator, Arnold, all those Arnold's movies. So I kind of like looked into that, and I look or oh, the Incredible Hulk, like the original one. It's like, I want to be like that. I want to be like those guys. And then I started oh, like, like Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. 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 Lou Ferrigno. Like, you bro, know, that's, Lou that's, Ferrigno. that's
1: been our, that's been our quote has, has been, has been his quote, um, forget mistakes, forget everything, except what you're doing right now and do it. <laughs> huh. Lou Ferrigno.
0: It's, it's a, it's a really good one, but yeah, he's always been one of my favorite bodybuilders too. And I think he was, yeah, model. yeah, he's like a gentle giant kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so initially that was my motivation, just like seeking that identity. Um, again, things have changed a lot, of course. But uh, growing up in the '80s, it was the hyper masculinity. So because I was looking for that, like Conan the Barbarian. That what's a quote from Conan? Um, Crush your enemies and hear the lamentation of your of the women, something like that. <laughs> that, that. That's the that's the best line of the movie. Is that part right? There. say a over the top so initially that was it like just seeking that identity like wanting to be like lou ferrino wanting to be like arnold um now fast forward to present day things have changed a lot i think uh i did powerlifting too if you look if you go to a powerlifting meet today uh, you'll see that it's exactly 50 50 uh, men and women so it's not like oh it's not the masculine like they got no it's now it's 100 percent equal you see equal uh, number of uh, female and male lifters and if you say the word bodybuilder now you don't think of a man right away it could be a man it could be a woman um, and i think if you go to bodybuilding shows if you take into account a figure and uh a fitness and bikini all, all the classes you will find that the majority of bodybuilders are women so it's, it's not you know, like a guy thing anymore um and also of course that 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 uh, now that we're more mature like there's no need for that like over-the-top masculinity you know now we have like different values as you say it's father say you know like in, in this era we value more things like being a good dad you know you don't have to like be aggressive or punch anyone in the face or anything like that to prove yourself as a guy so that's 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 all the positive and um yeah and I think I'm um, going back to where, where I started I think my initial motivations it's not that anymore it's a lot simpler. I just go to the gym because it feels good. I just go there. You know, if I'm feeling bad, I have a bad day. I just go there. A bench press, get a pump. And then I get all the endorphins going on. I feel good about myself. I feel more positive. And as a matter of fact, when I have to take uh, some sort of life decision, I make bad decisions at the gym when I'm working out. That's right, the right time between. Because sessions. you're in a positive state of mind. And yeah. you're like, wow, I can work this out. Like everything feels good. Everything feels possible.
1: Wow. That's, that's, that's super valuable. That's um, really the same reason that I work out too. (laughs) You you get, you get to a point where you're training for your physique, you're you're training for your physique, and then it becomes, it becomes part of your circadian rhythm. Like food doesn't taste the same on, on my off days. You know, it's like when I, when I, when I'm, when I've worked up an appetite, when I've, uh, when I, when I've earned that meal, there's a sense of, there's a sense of satisfaction that I don't get on my, on my off days. And I think that, most people approach bodybuilding and stay uh, within bodybuilding for a lot of the same reasons. just listening to Dr. Anthony Chafee. I've been um, consuming a lot of his content lately and he says that he doesn't um, get energy to work out. He works out. So he has energy for the rest of the day. And I was like, that's basically super set your life. That's kind of the name of our podcast,
0: right? We should get him on our show. (laughs) I think there's goals that make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, what kind of okay? So I, I think we're both kind of in similar points in life. We were just texting about this the other day. How we're like, I I do not have anywhere near the uh, the the athletic credentials and accomplishments that you do, nor will I probably ever. But um, I'm I'm happy to be around and and be and be a coach and um, and be a part of bodybuilding for the rest of my life. And I really don't see that changing. Um, I'm passionate about the sport. I think it's an art and a sport. And so for people like me that are creative and that are also athletes, uh, it it gives us a way to be able to to do both. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm killing two birds with one stone, which is why I've been doing this for so long and why I love it. Um, So what got you into promoting the sport of bodybuilding?
0: I like what you just said, you know, because when when we're athletes, like sometimes like things happen, you know, like injuries or life changes. So of course we're we're always gonna work out and lift weights and exercise and take good care of our, ourselves as much as possible. But taking it to a competitive level, uh, that's a different game, and you can't always take it for granted. Um, so I'm, I'm on the same uh, on the same mind, uh, line of thought with you, like always, like coaching and helping others and being like a like a positive role model. Um, I guess for one reason or another, now during COVID, I got a I got three uh, major injuries. Uh, on my back. I had like two spinal irrigations and I tore my right uh, biceps. Uh, imagine that I was like biceps curling and it is just like torn into like a rubber band. It's one of the most it's probably most painful injury I've ever had. Oh oh yeah uh, no when
1: we we're when we were moving from uh fr- from Vancouver Washington to here uh we are moving our deadlift platform the deadlift platform not not we're not, we're not deadlifting we're just moving our deadlift platform it's freaking heavy too so we had we have four guys on it and uh uh, we had a miscommunication with like which way we were going to turn, and so one one of the gentlemen that was a very good friend of mine actually that was helping us move um, uh, tightened his bicep a little bit, and that's all it took. Bam, it was gone. He's he, he already had to get surgery, and it looked like it, it looked like a pop tire is the best way that I can explain it. Mm-hmm. That is what, what what did it feel like when you tore your bicep?
0: yeah mine looked like a like a peanut it, it was kind of weird it was like i had like two biceps like a cartoon instead of having like one i have two yeah it wasn't anything pretty anyway no. but uh but the, but the, I, I guess you could say the positive things of the injury you know it was like uh physically and mentally painful that it gave me time to reflect on like our like life how much i like bodybuilding like okay like maybe not in a, in a way like grateful for what i have and also mindful that some. Things you cannot take for granted, right? What, mm-hmm. but what I can—I uh, mean, I can still work out. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm recovered for the most part. But the part that I that can only stay with me is what I do for others. So, um, being a promoter, like promoting my own show, is something that I have been wanting to do for the longest time. So that kind of like gave me uh, like the white light or the green light to just okay, I think I think the time the time is now. I'm no longer competing, but I'm I'm gonna start doing this. Um, luckily I've been like volunteering with uh, other bodybuilding shows, uh, local bodybuilding shows, like our friend, John is one of my favorite promoters and, um, um, BNBA shows and uh, NGA shows, uh, AAU shows. And I'm always, I always look at the positive. Okay. what are they doing right? And then, uh, making notes on what they're doing, right. But also taking notes of, okay, this, there are parts, there are things that I would probably do different. Um, there are, uh, for example, like judging, um some of my ideas of judging. I'm going to share some of that with you later. I can yeah. be a little bit different. But you uh, know, in, in terms of production, uh, I have a background in TV production, so there's things that I think I could bring to the table, like for stage design, uh, for sound, for video production. I think there's a lot of work that still can be done to uh, to make uh, bodybuilding more appealing. Not just a lot of uh, oil that people flexing, but actually just make it more marketable.
1: Yeah. I don't even want to know what all goes in behind the scenes when you're talking stage, uh, uh, lighting, uh, music, copyright, all that. Uh, you're, you're my hero.
0: Well, luckily, I think, I think part of it is just uh, finding a good team, finding a good staff, you know, like yourself. And I've been lucky to find, like, talented people. I found, like, a really good a DJ, a, a good MC. I found an extraordinarily good um, head judge. And all the pieces kind of, like, start uh, falling into place. Uh, now I'm working, uh, oh, I got a graphic designer too. A friend from, that I grew up in Colombia, he'll maybe like make these t-shirts. And I guess you have to trust, you have to trust others and delegate and then and then they use your strengths and find the the places where you say, okay, I think I don't want to be my MC. I think Cole would do a better job than me. And then yes. and kind of let some parts go and, and and you will be fine. And the entire idea, you know what? It was really simple. I grew up in Colombia And and it it was a lot of fun. Uh, When I was a teenager, they had these non-sanctioned bodybuilding shows. And it it was the shows. It was really simple. Uh, It was just like one gym, gyms that were competition. I think the gym was uh, the gym where I trained. It was called Power 2000. Because 2000 was the future back then. Uh Power 2000. (laughs) And then the other gym was Toros Gym. So there was like some rivalry between the two gyms. And they're like, okay, let's make a show. So uh, one gym would get like the best bodybuilders of their gym, best bodybuilders here, and then they would go together on a, on a weekend event. And that was it, just like, you know, just like a plain like a soccer pickup match. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I want to do something like that. And that's how like the idea of the Open uh, came to mind. Just like, oh, you know, no Federation is not that formal. It's just like more like before the real season starts. Uh, you get all the bodybuilders together, uh, which a lot of them are even friends. And then we have like a friendly game. Yeah.
1: Like, like, like a, like a pickup game.
0: That's really good. (laughs) Um,
1: Was, was there, so, so was it like an actual bodybuilding show or did you guys like, uh, what was, was it like, like only, um, I guess flexing, posing, um. Uh, they're they're ju- they judging your body composition, or d- or did you guys ever have like um, kind of like they did back in the pumping iron days, where they would actually have curling competitions and
0: stuff? No, to- they, they, oh no, not, not the physical part back then, but they w- we would have you know, like a panel of judges and everything, and the gym. Uh, some the competitions that would take place like at a gym. You know how yeah. they do powerlifting meets like in across the gym. So we would do the equivalent to that, like in a gym. They would make like a mobile platform and have judges, and all the members could come in. Um, And cheer for their athletes and and yeah it was a lot of fun and then they also had you know like the bigger events i remember i think to this day the coolest event i have i'm gonna kind of reveal my age but the coolest event that i remember that i've seen ever was in 1995 uh open national in colombia they had like really cool like on the stage i don't know if you remember i think it's one of the rocky movies they have like this hydraulic platform yeah. so the competitors instead of just walking on stage they would be like raised like an elevator like and they would appear there and they had a guest poster uh I remember there was like a motorcycle would get like on stage and the guy takes his helmet off and tears his clothes and there's like like fireworks all, all over the place so eventually I would like to go and and, and do crazy things like that <laughs> we'
1: we'll, we'll we'll get there man well every every year we'll just add something we'll we'll just add
0: something new make it grow yeah.
1: Why not? Um, how big of a role do genetics play in the sport of bodybuilding? I know it's something we don't like to talk about a lot because it's out of our control, but let's not ignore the white elephant in the room, right? It has a
0: lot to do with the sport. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, of course, just like anything, you know, there's a part that's a natural talent and there's a part that you grow. Uh, of course, genetics play uh, an important role, but I don't think genetics are... As important as we think they are, um, I think, um, I think genetics only makes are more important at a higher level when you have like, uh, like a lot of athletes that have been training for years, uh, putting a lot of work and you're doing national or world And so when you're getting closer to your maximum genetic potential, sure. And then that's going to make a tiebreaker on who's, you know, they have the the five best bodybuilders in the world. And then that makes a difference who could place his first, second, and third. Now, at an amateur level, I don't think genetics are the main factor because genetics, um, A lot of people use not having the best genetics in the world as an excuse, not to work hard. Oh, I don't have the right uh, frame. I don't have the right whatever. So they don't do anything. And for that reason, because people think that genetics are too important, uh, most people don't even try bodybuilding. They don't think of even ever competing. And what they don't know is that bodybuilding, uh, especially natural bodybuilding, we don't have that. There's not even that many people doing it because everyone has that mentality. So. Just by believing that you can do it, you're already um, up in. You're already over. You're already better than the people who already gave up. There's people who good genetics with good genetics who are giving up, but because I, I have average genetics and I tried and I pushed it for a year and I believe it, so I'm winning championships.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: Um,
1: the, the the whole The whole concept of, of genetics is. Something that has been frustrating for me over overall overall my competitions, not gonna lie, um, it's 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 annoying where I'm like, okay, I've I've worked so hard and I've put in so much effort, and I think I outtrain this guy. I don't know, but man, he's got those short muscle bellies. He's half the size of me, and when it comes to most muscular pose, I got no chance. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they they seem It seems like most of the the natural shows that I've done, um, it's usually the middleweight guy or the lightweight guy that wins the overall, but not usually anyone from the tall category. It's just, I don't know. I think that us taller guys with, um, with, with long, with longer bones, longer femurs in particular have a bit more to go to fill out those muscle bellies. So usually when they ask for the, when they ask for a favorite pose, if I am in an overall, that's when I'm throwing out, I'm just trying to make myself look tall. You know, I'm doing like the Frank Zane stuff with my arms up here, like a, or an abs and thighs or something, but uh, never like a side chest or anything to where I know that those shorter guys are going to beat me.
0: And I think it's really cool because you're finding what works for you. And I, and I think that's one of the things that in bodybuilding is really cool because that's what makes it a, an art, that you have yeah. to find what works for you. And then uh, when we go with posing, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about that. I think it's good to give a little bit of flexibility for posing so everybody can do can make it like artful like oh like this like this person you know like a double bicep you have to go like this but it's not reading anywhere like you have to do like a like a straight horizontal angle. you can you know you can raise your elbows a little bit more you can put them a little bit more like this your elbow your your fist can be more looking forward more to the side if you want to make it look long. so you have there's there's room for a little bit of like variations and and to let everybody build their shine as, a, as an artist and, and and show their individuality Totally.
1: Yeah. I love, I love the art aspect of it. And that's kind of the fun thing about just guest posing this year and not competing is not having to, uh, have that, have that worry of, of comparing myself to someone else. I think that can, that can get, um, I think you, you can get into a dark place if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're getting too carried away with, um, other people's performance and not your own, when at the end of the day, bodybuilding should be you versus you and whether you get first place or whether you get fifth place, um, the the, the 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 most important thing is knowing that you left that show doing the absolute best that you could, that um, you're a better athlete than you were before. If you've done a previous show, um, if it's your first show, hey, you're in the best shape of your life um, and you left no stone unturned. I think that that's what every
0: athlete should go into their first show or any show with um, to some degree. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And and I think I always like to compare bodybuilding to other sports, especially to powerlifting. And uh, the most important thing, you know, if you go to a, like a lifting meet, if you if you set a personal record, if you if you know, if you went to a competition and you put on the stage or, or on the platform like your best bench press ever, who cares where you place? Like if, if another let's say I let's say I do, I don't know, 310 and then another guy does 315, that doesn't take anything away from my 310. Still, still the best that I've ever done. And it's still a heavy ass weight. So for bodybuilding, it's the same thing. You just have to bring, yeah, bring your best, bring your, you could say, your PRs and, and lead them on stage. You know, for a bodybuilder, it's more like the pictures. The, 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 instead of having the numbers, you uh, walk home with the coolest pictures and then you can keep those forever and say, hey, look at the kind of shape that I achieved on July 22nd, 2023. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 100%.
1: Um, just to wrap up the genetics topic, so for the average person listening, is is there like a, an, an ideal type of genetics that are optimal um, and it'll, it'll give you the best chance of winning? Um, I think if you ask most people, they would just say mesomorph is best. I would classify myself as being
0: uh, endo mesomorph. Uh, do you have any opinions there? I think that concept has been uh, reevaluated a lot lately. And, and I think it discourages people a lot that, that, that I don't want anyone to believe that, Oh, you have to be a pure mesomorph to have the greatest chances. Cause that, that makes people uh, give out too soon, give up too soon. Uh, you get guys, you know, going to old school, bodybuilding like franz Zane. like initially he, he looked like a, what's the skinny one? The, the ectomorph. Yeah. But then like years mm-hmm. of training uh, too many people. He's like the most aesthetic guy ever. So mm-hmm. I think every, every, um, What's the word, Mes- meso, um, each of the body types, they all have like an advantage, you know, like the endomorph, they have like the yeah. larger frame, and yeah. the other, like the ectomorph, like, um, I think I'm one of them, the cool thing about that one, like for I have a really small wrist, for example, so my arm is growth is kind of limited. But if I put just half an inch, if I put just half an inch to my arm, it just gives the illusion that I grew a lot yeah or like the mesomorph yeah they can grow larger arms but but if they are you know just like half an inch it, it doesn't look as dramatic because you don't get like all that proportion wow so, okay so i think the main thing is just just thinking just more focusing on okay what are the advantages that i have for my own brain mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i think we're, we're all delta hand of cards right just like it's just just like it's poker
0: and. We all have our strong points and we all have our weak points. and, 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 and- for, for, for your biceps, you know, uh, uh, my genetics, I, I'm i one of the guys who can grow a peak, and there's some other guys who the, the can never grow a peak, but they have like the long biceps and it looks fuller. So if you ask me, oh, what's cooler, like the longer biceps or sort the of, I'm going to tell you the peak because that's what I have. So I'm gonna yeah, just, <laughs> I'm just going to tell what I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The weakest part
1: of my physique abs for sure. And, and I'm like, you know what? Okay. I can, I, I can whine and complain. There's, there's, there's people that don't even stay on their diet and they got abs year round. Like guys, when they're sitting down, those are the guys that I kind of uh, grumble underneath my breath when I see them backstage. <laughs> you know, I'm like, great. I'm up against this guy. Uh, Cause for me to get my abs to peak, like it's to, to pop properly. It, it it takes the the right water manipulation, the right diet. I got to be shredded, and, uh, and 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 some good lighting and a good tent, typically, to be able to see them all. Um,
0: I, I think it's also it's, flexors, it's also
1: sorry. oh and I, and I was just gonna say hip flexors and quads. You know, I, I'll, that's why I'm showing those all day, every day, because that's like not a lot of athletes really have those. But you but you really have to learn what your strong points are and what your weak points are, and. And, and be thankful for your strong points and work on your weak points to a point. I mean, you, you can't change where your lats insert. You can't change where your biceps insert. But you can do the most of what you have. And, yeah, maybe not everybody can be Mr. Olympia, but anybody can get into wicked shape and make a very,
0: very good physique with what you do have. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you summarized that really well. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Not everyone can be the world champion, but everyone can, can get in great shape. Everybody can get very no just, just to do it.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a growing number of classes, aka divisions in bodybuilding. So what classes do you think most that make the most sense? Which ones don't? Um, my classic physique, for example, there's, there's a lot of controversy around that, right? Like the correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of came into play because the bodybuilders just, just got way too big, um, which is kind of impossible in, in natural bodybuilding. And so um, classic physique, but I know there's some, some controversy within natural organizations. Some, 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 I always take, I I always do it if they offer it because I love the artistic, um, uh, I guess, angle on it. But in terms of, uh, in terms of bodybuilding and, uh, and body composition, I can see why a lot of natural federations have gone away with it because at, at a natural show, like the, the bodybuilders basically look like classic, um, physique athletes for the most part. I know that they're looking for different proportions and everything, going for more of that golden era aesthetic. Um, and, and then and then and don't even get me started on the women's divisions. So There's like what six, seven, eight of them now, depending on on, on 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 who's running the show. So um, I guess what's your what, what what's 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 your opinion on um on, on how many classes are offered? Are there too many? Are there not enough? I
0: I I think we have to look at bodybuilding as any other sports, right? You have to think of um, uh, men and women, for example, like like soccer, you have the, like you have men's soccer, you have women's soccer, and that happens almost to in, into every sport, right? Yeah. And and we are the same on regards of our, our muscular system, which is the main thing that we're judging. So, you know, both of us, we have like two arms and two legs. Uh, we have uh, biceps and triceps and, and quadriceps. But if you look at divisions, uh, things are not even. So for uh, check this out for for women, you would have uh, women's bodybuilding, women's physique, uh, fit body, figure, bikini, fitness model, wellness. Now let's go to men. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, bodybuilding and men's physique. That's it. And then some organizations would have classic, some won't have it. So you have you know like six plus number of divisions here, and then you have two or three on this area. So I think uh, our proposal is to have uh, like a matrix that has the same um uh, same number of classes and their equivalent. You know, uh, the easiest one is like women's bodybuilding. Okay, you have men's bodybuilding. And then uh, on the other hand, you have uh, uh, men's physique and you have bikini. They, they have some similarities. Instead of flexing, it's more like, uh, like key walks and it's more, it's more like a fashion walk.
1: Very uh, similar,
0: and- more, more of like a... Uh, sustainable year-round kind of fit look yeah and they have physiques that are marketable are more appealing to people not only to like people who are into hardcore bodybuilding but you know like s- spectators people who are not into bodybuilding they, they can also appreciate those bodies you know uh, like most women who go to the gym they will look at like a bikini mm-hmm. champion and and they would acknowledge wow she looks really good and then same for 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 men's physique like guys who are in, not into other sports they would look at wow that'd be cool to look like that guy so you have those, right? So on, on the top you have women's bodybuilding, um, men's bodybuilding, and then here you have uh, women's bikini and you have men's physique, and then uh, we want to find something in between. Uh, yeah. So uh, so the middle, for in my opinion, for for men, would be a classic physique, it's mm-hmm. a physique that that's like balanced, symmetric, and then for uh, for women. And this is probably an opinion because it's hard, you know. There's so many. I have to pick one. I have to pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the women's version of a classic physique? I'm sure there's different opinions. In in our opinion, that's gonna be a uh, figure, and the reason why we think. Oh it's wow! Figured, I was I was gonna guess women's physique. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could make an argument, and and but uh we pick figure. I guess the head judge and I agree because like the definition, like the figure and the classic physique, they really resemble a bodybuilder from a different era. So, if you look at uh, women who are doing figure, uh, uh, figure, they used to have some, it started with uh, with women's fitness. Initially, they had to do some sort of performance, gymnastics, some choreography like that, do like some push-ups. So, they, they do look like an athlete. If you look at modern figure competitors, they look like professional bodybuilders from the 1980s. Right. And that's how we picked that one. Wow. So, yeah. So, yeah. Summarizing, uh, yeah, we would like to have like three. Uh, three and three Again, if you want to say it's physique uh, maybe you're right but I, but i think it's cool to have that like the, the three male and the three female line wow so so are those the only classes that you're offering then for for women yeah yeah so we would have so the idea is to have like three and three like an even like an even number and, and i think again because we have two arms two legs <laughs> yeah just to make it just to make it balanced
1: well, it's it, it's simple. It makes a lot of sense, and, and I think it makes even more sense from the spectator's point of view because it, because when you go into a bodybuilding show, I mean, if, if I'm bringing someone in that's never gone to a show, which is like pretty much every single show that I that I do, either coach or 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 just attend person, like I always bring someone with me. I think it's a really cool experience if you've never been. I think you really need to go to a bodybuilding show as a spectator um, to to see if it's anything that you want to do, but. Really, I, I think you'll you'll just leave inspired. It's it's really really fascinating. I, I don't know why there's not um, why it's not more of a spectator sport and why it doesn't have the traction that a lot of these other mainline sports do because uh, it's so relatable. It's something that it's something that we all do or we should do, right? Everybody should be working out um, to some degree, <laughs> whether it's whether it's actually going to the gym or not. Um, but I I think it would I think that would simplify things a lot better because it's always tough to explain. Um, okay, what's the difference between Bikini figure, uh, women's physique, b- bodybuilding—it's like what, uh, what wellness? I, I don't know. Where do you even start? Like, if you're not really familiar with the sport in general, like that's overwhelming. You go into a show and you're kind of confused. But if you go in and you see three categories of each, um, that makes that that make that, that seems to make a lot more sense. That's really cool. I never heard of that before. Huh. um, is it fair? To cross—is it fair? when a crossover competitor wins two different classes. We all know that. We, we 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 we've all experienced that, right? You go to a show and there's one athlete where it's like, I mean, it doesn't matter what that guy does; he's winning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it's if it's <laughs> I'm just gonna throw on my trunks and head out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I, I think uh, in many cases it is. Yeah, it's it's just like uh, we're you know in an ideal world we want like you want everybody to win a trophy right it's like oh, okay so i i, I didn't win men's physique but maybe i have a chance of winning this other, or i didn't win, win bodybuilding but i'm gonna win classic so in an ideal world you know like in a child party everyone should look like everyone's a winner kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, in reality uh i don't think it works like that i think they are like every division is a different game that you're playing let's mm-hmm. say you and i uh, I don't know, we go to a sports bar and they have uh they have like a like a pool table and they have like a I don't know, I'm just gonna say a ping pong table. Yeah. and then mm-hmm. and, and then we uh yeah, you and I play pool and then you beat me, and then we're gonna play uh ping pong, and because you beat me, now I'm gonna beat you. It's like no, not necessarily. They're they're just like two different games. Maybe you're better than me on both games. So mm-hmm. uh like like the way that our head judge puts it is like, as a judge, she says, I simply judge what's in front of me. So let's say you're, they're doing a women's bikini. Here's a criteria. So I reward an athlete that, bets, that best suits that criteria. And then if you put me the same group of um, athletes in, let's say, figure, let's say who fits the figure criteria better. Now, sometimes, uh, like the person wins, is like one one head above everybody else. So that's when they win when Mm -hmm. when one athlete is really good i mean let's say you win bodybuilding uh because you're very massive you're very you have a lot of let's say you have a lot of muscularity and then you do classic physique but guess what the same guy he's also very symmetric not only is he very muscular but he's very symmetric so yeah there's a chance you're gonna win both but there's chance where so when would you not win both let's say if you're doing bodybuilding I see a guys who uh, win bodybuilding who have, for example, like huge quads. So uh, that shows a lot of muscularity. So you get like a higher score. But then when you go uh, to classic, that same person, but the ratio for quads to caps doesn't match as much. Like the, the, the quads are overpowering the caps. Then that that's gonna count against you for 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 classic physique because for classic physique symmetry is the main thing. So for classic physique, it's not. There's a misunderstanding. A lot of people think that oh, like you shouldn't be as massive. No, you can be as massive as you want for classic physique. The only limit though is your proportions. So if yeah. if I have calves that don't that won't grow very much, so I have to limit the growth of my quads. So of course I don't want them to over um, to overpower my calves. And the same same thing for arms and calves. Um, a lot of guys who have arms that grow your, your arms and calves in in classic physiques are supposed to be the same if i'm exactly that is exactly okay,
1: what exactly. i thought yeah my, my biceps are 15 and a half and my calves are 17 and a half so i got some work to do <laughs>
0: oh wow it's usually the other way i think <laughs> <Kind of friendly. laughs> yeah my
1: calves. Are I know. And, and, and i train biceps all the time and i never train calves because i just got them from running <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's hilarious yeah i'm the opposite <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think, uh, and I think that that those proportions became very popular. But by, uh, by Steve Reeves, who's a classic bodybuilder, he's one of the early. Um, I was going to say
1: I have his book right here. I'm going to grab his proportions. There you
0: go. <laughs> so while you while you do that, I'm going to talk about like Steve Reeves. So he, uh, for those who don't know, he was, yeah. uh, he was. You would say he was the first Arnold. You know, the first bodybuilder who was like a famous movie star. He made some uh, Tarzan and Hercules movies. Uh, one of the both guys. And then um, he made he, he, he was natural too. In the mainstream and then he was famous because of that. He's, uh, he's very proportionate body. His cats were the same as his, as his arms and his neck as well. I think it was, uh, was it 17 and a half, 18, something like that. Like, but they both measured exactly the same. And um, I also like Steve Reeves because he was a big proponent of a uh, natural bodybuilding. He figured it, you know. Since the 70s, he could see how body like how drugs were making the difference on who would win a c- competition or not, and then he uh, he was um, what's the word outspoken. He was verbal about uh, being against drug abuse in the 70s. Yeah. 70s. I, I
1: I heard a rumor he was on TRT or that he was taking testosterone. Maybe maybe it's just a rumor. I don't know.
0: But yeah, I mean, probably wasn't tested back then, but but. Uh, yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he was 100% clean, but at least he wasn't again, he wasn't about letting drugs in up. Well, you, you just, you just look at his body and you just, you just look, you just look at it, at, it at, 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 at is, it
1: is physique and that's a natural physique. That's not someone that um, looks like they use drugs or uh, much less got carried away with them. Um yeah, I'm page sixty-four. What, what book is that? Can, can you show me that book, please? Oh yeah, yeah. This is called uh, "Building the Classic Physique: The Natural Way" by Steve Reeves.
0: There you go, the natural way. Yeah, you see. Yeah, and so
1: uh, the, 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 the the whole the whole book is um, the whole book is 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 super inspiring. Like obviously. Most of the nutrition is outdated, like, you know, start every morning with a glass of orange juice and a banana, that kind of thing. (laughs) But uh, on on page 64, he goes over proportions. So apparently your arm size should be 252% of your wrist size. Your calf size should be 192% of your ankle size. Your neck size should be 79% of your head size. Your chest should be 148% of your pelvis size. Your waist should be 86% of your pelvis size. Easy for him to say. That guy had like the most, net. He, him and Flex Wheeler probably have like the smallest um, waist proportions of all time. And then a uh, thigh size, 175% of the knee size and uh, weight should be 295% of your height. So if you're an athlete that is six foot one, apparently as a classic physique athlete, you should be around like 210 pounds. Hmm. so i'm weighing i'm weighing in at 200 about eight percent body fat now i think so um i think I'll, so yeah right right on track for a buck 98 is i think what you and i went over for for your show gives me two more weeks to cut and then a little bit of a reverse diet come in nice and full no, that's
0: good that's a good book I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna look into that one
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. I Highly recommend it. You know, like so, so, uh, someone, someone like you, you would, you would get a lot of just like nostalgia out of it, and just like, wow, this is like this is like Arnold's book, but even better kind of thing. Um, uh, it, it, you know, for 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 contest prep, eh, there's better research. there's there's better currently. I,
0: I know <laughs> those guys. Like like they're really old school. They used to uh, one common practice was drinking one gallon of milk, one gallon of whole milk a day. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they got their protein. But you know, yeah. of course, that doesn't make sense anymore because now we have protein shakes, so you can just can take exactly what you need without getting all the fat and all the extra stuff. Exactly. Or and and they also used to, uh, yeah. There's other practices that are are very dated.
1: Yeah, and then pretty much all the athletes that we're coaching are ketogenic anyway, and so most contest preps book, prep books that, that you that you do read, um, you got to go towards the the ketogenic coaches that have um, put out their work for some really good ones. So
2: hey everyone coach taylor milton here welcome to skull bells tv the official youtube channel of supersetyourlife.com where you're going to discover a weekly upload of quick and easy to follow workout tutorials featuring coach colt myself or one of our athletes to keep your workouts fun practical and effective our family's latest keto carnivore recipes that fuel colt's competitions and keep myself and our kiddos strong and healthy video uploads of the supersetyourlife.com podcast now over 100 episodes your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym and much more. Last thing before we get into the video, we're asking a big favor from you. This has been working beautifully. So if you would please think of someone you care about that would benefit from this video, go ahead and smash that like button, click the share button and text this video to them. That would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss more exciting content from School Bells TV because our team has lots of meat and lots of muscle coming your way, and I promise you won't want to miss it. When you hit the subscribe button, you'll see a bell icon pop up. You want to click that too, so you're notified every time we release a new video. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to us. Every like, share, and subscription helps our channel grow and supports our family's hard work. So thank you so much for doing your part too. That's all we ask. God bless you, and please enjoy this video.
1: Can you briefly summarize because I know it'd be hard to do on a, on a podcast but is there a way that you could quickly summarize how score sheets are filled out and weighted
0: like the judging panel? <laughs> yeah it's a tough one without visuals but um uh, I guess that the very basics you know but I I read on Arnold's book actually uh, but I've never seen it, but I just just shared information. I read that uh, in the early days of bodybuilding they used to score bodybuilding. Uh, you know like a, like a beauty contest like you would get like oh this person is an 8.1 like they would assign like a score from one to ten with decimal points to every competitor and then whoever got the like the highest score and in every round would be the winner they stopped doing that a long time ago and since the yeah, I don't know decade maybe the 70s they have been using the using the ranking system which is a lot simpler so I have five com let's say you know a dozen competitors in front of me. So I just sort them in into places. Okay, this one's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then I I sort them from let's say one through twelve in our example, and then that's gonna be the score for every person. So the person who, who places who I who one I as a judge place first is gonna score one, and the person who I place twelve is gonna score twelve. So the and Then you have a panel of five judges. Okay. Uh, you, get, you get the numbers for of, of like five judges, let's say call call Milton, and then somebody uh, puts you first, the other guy puts you second, and another guy puts you first, and another guy puts you third. Um, so you give every contestant a number, and bec- uh and the less number, you know, if if you got all the all the small numbers, if you if you score the less, then you're gonna be the winner. So in 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 the ranking system. Whoever gets the lesser number uh, is the winner. Um, yeah. With that being said, and and, and they do. Uh, one of the reasons why they have a panel, it's usually five judges, is because they want an they want an odd number because that and then the results tend to be odd too, and then there tends not to be ties. Um, oh, okay.
1: However, so. So, so on the ties, then if there, if there is a tie, how does it, how is that typically broken? Because, because I, I because I, I've talked to the judges afterward from competitions and had, and and, and had them just tell me I'm like, I've I'm, I'm, I'm asked like, okay, between me and number 39, why did, why did number 39 beat me? Be honest. And, and the judges have, and, and, and there's been times where judges have said uh, it was basically a toss up. I mean, I don't know it, it came it came back like on this pose he had you beat on that pose he had you beat. you have better legs he has a better chest blah
0: blah blah <laughs> um yeah it was like many sports yeah they have the, 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 the you know the unanimous decision and then like split decisions yeah um from my ex- Sorry, I had a phone call. from my experience working with different organizations there's uh, there are two ways how you can break that tie and one way is just math. So uh, instead of uh, you would use uh, the median, the median number. So for example, yeah. if you have this score, you you see which number is the more recurring number. So if if two judges place you uh, or three judges place you on second place, then because that's the most repeated number, you would pick you would pick that number. Or mathematically, the median, you, or you just sort all oh, the numbers. Okay order and pick the number that's in the center that's another way how they can do it like literally use like spreadsheets just just to calculate that number real quick yeah um, and some other organizations uh they just leave it to a judge so they say hey judge we have a tie here and then the judge goes over the score sheets and then they meet uh, in the intermission and then the head judge has the final say of okay, I think this person had it because of this and this reason. And that's probably the that's probably the case for you. Yeah. It's a little bit more subjective. But mm-hmm. uh I think that yeah, either way goes. Okay.
1: Um is there any difference in judging per organization? Like with like with within um, I, I know that judging between the NPC and a lot of the natural federations is pretty different. Um, is there is there any difference within uh, natural federations in
0: and of themselves based on what the judge is looking for? Yes, uh, based on per- personal experience, yeah, there is. I've worked with uh, or volunteered and worked with five or six different organizations mm-hmm. and usually uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I guess what I'm going to share with you is more like on like the West Coast, which which when my experience comes from. You know, it's just 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 based on my experience mm-hmm. that WMBF tends to reward more uh conditioning, uh like doing like That's they want mistake. to do their homework with their dining and, and come like dialed in. Uh, but sometimes they I made that the
1: mistake I made, that I made that mistake on my first uh NPC show because I I'd, I'd done all uh WNBS the the year prior. And so I went in thinking that being the leanest person on stage and being absolutely shredded would would would, would uh would win and I got beat by a bunch of guys that were bigger <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, was, I was leaner but, but they, they were lean they were shredded I was more shredded but they just
0: completely had me on mass
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah especially you know and I show that's not test that I could see that happening and and in my opinion the reason why the WMBF, BF class, as my opinion went in that direction is because they wanted to differentiate from the non-natural. It's like, okay, you guys yeah. have the bigger guys. Okay, we're gonna have the most shredded guys.
1: Well, it's so it's easier. It's 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 kind of easier to get shredded as a natural athlete.
0: I um, guess we're, we we tend to be more meticulous with our diets because we're not relying on on at
1: all. Yeah, and and I guess and I guess what I meant by that is um, is, is you have a cleaner, drier look as a natural athlete compared to um, the compounds that are being taken if you're um, if you're an enhanced athlete.
0: Mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and again I think that's how that trend started like rewarding the leanness so we go in, like in a very clear direction yeah but in my opinion it's good to find it's, it's not good to go straight into any direction because then no. you know these guys they have the issues with you know with, with the drug abuse but then the reason why we're doing natural bodybuilding is because we're promoting health so I right. think uh, when you push things, extremely in the other direction it doesn't make it doesn't it's not healthy anymore because people are they feel uh, depleted and tired and uh, i remember you're pre- forgetting forgetting people's names you just
1: can't you, you just can't think right you're not yourself
0: exactly like they your 3% name body and
1: you know, 3% like, body fat sucks to the point to where it's almost not worth it
0: <laughs> yeah like no sex drive but, but, it, but it's still
1: totally worth it <laughs>
0: But I don't know, but you're still an athlete. So I I, I have a different position on that. And 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 then um one of the things that I learned, uh other organization that I worked with was uh INBA PNBA and one of the quotes that I remembered uh from Danny Caicos, the, the the president, he says that he says, Guys, we don't want to reward uh concentration camp looms. Like this is a sport. They, it's just like and then I remember another quote from Arnold, which you know, it's bodybuilding, not body destroying. So yeah. that's why you want people to it's, it's, it's a building competition. It's not, it's not just a diet, you know, dieting is a big part of it. It's it's, it's It's bodybuilding,
1: not, 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 not not, not a weight loss contest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I think I like, uh, to think or to go in that direction or think of an athlete, like a bodybuilder. Uh, if you look at the early, early, early bodybuilding shows before Mr. Olympia, the world, the world's biggest competition, it was called the uh, best Build month in the world. And Arnold was one of the early champions. He says, like, who's the best built person? Not, not like the most hired person or the most rich person. And <laughs> um, and then and, and there's another judge, uh, an NGA judge. Uh, his name, how was his name? I feel horrible. I forgot his name. David, David Lawson. He was a head judge. And then I asked him, hey, David, how do you break this tie? Let's say I'm on stage, uh, I'm judging. There's one guy on stage who's like super shredded. He's kinda small, but I have a guy who's like very muscular, but he's just just not as shredded. Like, what do you do? And then he asked me. He replied with a question. I say, okay, which one takes, which one's harder, which one takes longer, to build that extra muscle or or to diet to get into that leanness? I'm like, yeah, of course, it takes more time to build the muscle. So he said that I should reward the more muscular person.
1: Wow, that 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 that's that sounds very
0: fair. That sounds very honest. And also, you know, because we're doing natural bodybuilding, I don't think there's any danger. I mean, I can tell male, I can tell female bodybuilders, guys, get as muscular as possible, get us insanely muscular as and nobody's gonna hurt themselves. Nobody's gonna OD or anything like that. What's the worst thing that could happen? They ate too many egg egg whites, egg whites or Meat or, or rice and lentils whatever you eat yeah
1: totally well cool i think that's all the, the the listener questions that we had on this one um i did have a personal question for you um the zoo by the scorpions i'm totally digging uh trading <laughs> <laughs> choreographing a routine to that so is that like too much of a stripper vibe? I mean, like I'm a family guy. <laughs> you know what I'm going for this year. <laughs> uh i was thinking about Flesh for Fantasy by Billy Idol too. That's another that, that's that's another good one to dance to.
0: Yeah, I guess for those of you uh who don't know, yeah, so uh Call this Guys Yard are guest poster at the Open Nuts Hall on July 22nd in addition to being like the MC, which I think is it's it's pretty crazy and I'm pretty cool too. Um Thanks. I, I, I've, done, I've
1: done stand-up at shows that I've competed at before, so it shouldn't be anything too crazy now.
0: <laughs> I know. I think I think you should pick anything that goes with your personality. I mean, if you ask me, and, and as I said uh, in the beginning of the show, I'm an 80s guy, of course. I like the, the hairy uh, rock. Um, so I support you 100%, brother. <laughs> Just keep it PG, okay? <laughs> Just keep it PG. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my
1: absolute best. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Hiro, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to see you again in person, man. I'm really, really amped about this. This is going to be a blast. I've been looking forward to this for months. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, you, you gave me an opportunity to do something really cool with bodybuilding this year, uh, more so than competing. I've done 12 shows. I'm not really ready to do number 13 anytime soon. That might wait another, uh, another year or two, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to appreciate, I want to say how much I appreciate you for everything for answering all of our questions and um we're gonna come with a couple athletes that are uh, hungry, hungry for some trophies. So we're looking forward
0: to a big time. Sounds great, brother. Yeah, it goes both ways. I'm very thankful uh, for you to include me in your podcast, and I think you have uh, added a lot of values to our show, and you have attracted a lot of uh, more competitors and spectators. and And this is the way we should go. You know, we should all do a lot of like collaborations and spread the word. A lot of people don't even know that bodybuilding natural bodybuilding exists. So yeah. this is. Uh, what you're doing is uh, one great way of putting that word out
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you and i both have a, a, pr- a pretty positive message that, that people need to hear so i got your back i know you got my back and uh, we're in this together bro <laughs>
0: thank you <laughs>
1: thank you hey hey everybody thank you so much for joining us for this entire episode if you found this helpful pay it forward please by sharing it with a friend your ratings and reviews got us to where we're at If you're not subscribed, please do that so we can continue to grow the channel and share the knowledge. Thank you very much in advance. Podcast review of the week is from Wendy. She had this to say on our conversation with Lily Kane, which was episode 159. Oh my gosh, what a great episode. I was so excited when you said Lily was going to be on your podcast. You know I adore her. I am honored you mentioned me about eating ribeyes every day. Yeah, I tell everybody that. That was awesome, and I think Lily was speechless, LOL. Can't wait for your next podcast. Thank you so much, Colt and Lily. Keep up the great work and sharing all of your great information. Much love and respect. God bless you, Wendy. Thank you so very much for that. Like I said, all ratings and reviews very, very much help us grow the channel organically, so we appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a couple ways to support the show. We do not accept donations. It's not really our thing. But if you would like to support the show, we would be honored to earn your business because if you head on over to our website, supersetyourlife.com, I'm sure you'll find something you will love. We are set up with all the supplements, salts, merchandise, and even skull bells, skull-themed workout equipment to fuel your journey inside and beyond the gym. supersetyourlife.com after three years is still the home of our patented skull-themed dumbbells, barbells, and deltoid desolator cable attachments. Speaking of Deltoid Desolator cable attachments, um, here is a customer review from, from Rick. He has this to say about the cable attachment that he purchased. Hi Colt, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sorry this email is a long time coming. I've had a couple busy weeks with school and work, but I wanted to reach out after receiving your letter. I genuinely cannot express how touched I was upon reading your note, including with the rope attachment. The item itself is just what I was looking for. There's absolutely no reason for a replacement. The molds are perfect. Um, we ran out of the mold that he, re- that he requested, that's why. <laughs> I have been, I, I've, I've been scouring the internet for a long time, uh, for a long enough rope, both for pulls and tricep pulldowns, and this is absolutely perfect. There is no need for a refund or replacement. I'm so thankful that you and your company had this available and was able to get it out to me so quickly. I know this might sound cheesy, but you have a customer for life. Thank you. And for being so kind and open. Wow. Uh, God bless you too, Rick. Thank you so much for that. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me working hard every day. Appreciate that so much. And thanks again for the purchase. Uh, Keto bricks can be purchased through our website, supersetyourlife.com. In episode 158 with Keto Greg, IPE pro bodybuilder and Keto Bricks sales manager. We went over all things natural ketogenic bodybuilding after he helped us get set up with a wholesale reselling account. We have Bell's brownie batter, nootropic icing, uh, toasted almond, chocolate peanut butter, milk and cookies, and mocha. Oh, and the UPS guy just dropped off <laughs> right before this podcast, actually, um, those freezing packets. And so if you uh, buy Keto Bricks off our website, they're not going to be melted by the hot weather uh, by the time they get to you. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? New weight belts are now in stock on our website, as promised. So uh, cust- these are custom-made by Threatics out of Boise, Idaho, uh, they're genuine brown leather with my Skullbells logo on it. It's the same belt that I use for all the weight training that I'm doing nowadays. Uh, much more so than my heavy duty Inzer belt. I still use that one on rare occasion when I do squat or deadlift heavy. Other than that, uh, this one is 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 more. Um, it's something that I use every single workout, even when I do curls. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't care. If if you want to make fun of me for wearing a belt when I do curls, go for it. I can roll with that. Um, but yeah, so when I'm, when I'm not using it, it's pretty much always wrapped around my backpack because, um, that's the cool thing to do nowadays <laughs> is leave it on your gym bag. Um, all purchases go towards supporting the show. One last thing. If you haven't heard about our new podcast called carnivore coaches corner, you got to check that one out because Jonathan Griffiths, who is the composition, himself, uh, composition consultant himself from the UK has been co-hosting the show with Mark and me now over for three months we are having so much fun on his youtube channel we were having so much fun on his youtube channel that we decided to turn it into a podcast instead so here we are we collaborate weekly to discuss listener questions consultation faqs and trending topics related to the carnivore diet and hypertrophy training Last episode, we went all over Exercise Specifics 101, which was Jonathan's new ebook. Make sure you grab a copy of that if you haven't. It's dirt cheap, too. I think it's like three or four pounds, which is like three or four bucks. And uh, from there, we put all of our best arguments forward on how to best train biceps. (laughs) Uh, We still don't agree on all those. So if you're not a carnivore, you'll like that one. We are eight eight sessions in on that one. And uh, the next one is going to feature Trevor Griffiths. So we'll record that tomorrow. So yeah. Thanks, everybody, so much. God bless you, and we'll catch you on episode 162.